Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. Welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth radio broadcast. I am, as always, your host, Michael Boldia. And as has become customary on this program, I do let you know when we're recording, just in case, you know, tomorrow something happens, and you're like, hey, how did Mike miss this? Well, because we're recording it today, which is Wednesday, June the 9th, the year of our Lord, 2021. Uh, I also let you know when we're recording the program for the sake of posterity, because uh, some people do go back, uh, listen uh, to the archives, and they go, hey, you called that so long ago. Yes, because I'm not American prophetic. I'm sorry. It's, uh, it's, it's become sort of a farcical to see people just uh, whipping themselves and others up into a frenzy trying to prophesy today what tomorrow brings. Uh, If you want me to, I'm not going to say respect, uh, but uh, give credence, lend my ear uh, to a prophetic word. Um, Well, do do it biblically. Uh, Give said prophetic word early enough wherein uh, it seems improbable. You know, sort of like communists taking over America and there having to be a revolution in this country, uh, you know, because of communism. Call it what you will, socialism, what have you. Uh, You know, when that was prophesied, uh, everyone was uh, red, white, and blue-blooded, waving the good old American flag, singing, my country is of thee, putting their hands on their hearts. Uh, but now with this present generation, sadly, less and less people are doing so. Um, today, I want to talk about division, distraction, what the purpose of all of it is. And uh, as an old friend of mine used to say, whenever you see something happening, The first question, the only question that needs be asked is who profits? And I'm not talking about who profits monetarily, who gains power, who gains control, who gains influence, and yes, who gains money. So who profits from the division? Who profits from this constant? I read an article. They were showing some kids in Colorado how people used to pick cotton. And apparently that's racist now. Math is racist. Spelling is racist. Arithmetic is racist. Being able to read is racist. Pretty soon wearing clothing, bathing, will be racist. Owning a home will be racist. You see where this is going? And so the question that you must ask is, who profits? Who profits from the division? What is the distraction? Or what are they trying to distract from? All good questions. Now, uh, the story I want to lead with today, uh, because I thought it was funny in my own, you know, you, you all understand my sense of humor. My sense of humor is not what some might call the classical sense of humor. Uh, I, I, I don't chuckle at the why did the chicken cross the road jokes, you know. I'm sorry, I just don't. I'm old enough with gray hair where chickens crossing the road really don't appeal to me. But I find humor in the oddest places. And the one place I found humor this week is in the notion that if you thought Joe Biden was bad, well, Vice President Kamala Harris is going to school you kids on how bad bad can get. So apparently you don't have to have dementia to be retarded. You just have to be in this administration. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, 
went on a uh, trip. She met with uh, the Guatemalan president, Alejandro Giamate, and uh, it was her first visit, her first foreign trip as vice-president, or as she likes to think herself, president-in-waiting. Because let's face it, uh, Mr. Robinette Biden is not long for this world. I don't know how much makeup they have to cake on that old man, but man, even the makeup's cracking. So, I'm going to sip my delicious beverage, as I always do. Beautiful cup of coffee, paid with with my own money. I know I don't have a Patreon. It's sad for you, isn't it? Only thing I ask is that you click from the YouTubes to the other site to listen. And even that, some of you found too difficult to do. Imagine if I had a paywall, huh? Never going to happen. Like I said, I'm not here to profiteer off the children of God. There's too many leeches doing that already. This is why I took Paul's advice when it came to tent building and... um, Decided to go that route. Anyway, like I said, I I think the hashtag this week is if you thought Joe Biden was bad, well, here comes Kamala. Vice President Kamala Harris told reporters in Mexico on Tuesday, countries in the region are in large part, if not entirely, at fault for the U.S. southern border crisis that intensified under the new administration. Now, allow me to uh, pause the reading of this article for just a second and uh, inform uh, Madame Vice President that the reason there is a southern border crisis is because uh, the people pulling the strings of one Mr. Robinette Biden decided to throw open the borders and say, venga, venga, venga. Now, if you're not multilingual as I am, and I understand it, not everyone can be, venga, venga, venga means come on in. The water's fine. There is a reason they're doing this. And it's not because all of a sudden they love the Mexicans. And it's not because all of a sudden they love the Guatemalans. It's because they despise you. They're doing this from a position of hate, of vitriol, not a position of love and compassion. If you believe that people who advocate for the murder of babies after they're born have any sort of compassion in their cold, dark hearts. I got some beachfront for you in Arizona. It's real cheap. So stop with, they're the party of compassion. As long as you advocate for the murder of a baby in the womb, outside the womb, as long as you advocate for the body parts of said baby to be sold on the open market like chicken wings, You have no leg to stand on when it comes to the notion of compassion. It's not compassion for Mexicans and dirty people who don't know how to use toilets. It's hatred of you, the American citizen, and the way of life to which you have become accustomed. You need to to make that connection in your head for the rest of this year into next year to make any sort of sense for you. Compassion is used as a shroud. When they want to, they use it as a cudgel. Because we have to be compassionate and let everybody in. You know what? Going to get a little crowded if you have 7 billion people in these United States of America, standing three deep in high-rise apartments waiting for the government to give them a check. It's not about compassion. Don't believe the lie. It's about 
hatred of the American way of life. It's about hatred of the notion of freedom. Even though it's been hobbled, even though it's, it, it, it's been bruised, they still think you have too much freedom. They want to take that away because you shouldn't. You should just do what you're told. Jen Psaki come out every morning and say, these are the new rules for you rules. Remember what Mr. Robinette said? If y'all wear your masks and get vaccinated and keep your social distancing, we just might let you come out in like small groups on the 4th of July and eat a hot dog on a stick. Let me? Uh, as the French would say, excusez-moi? What do you mean, let me? You are an elected official. You don't get to let me do anything. But, again, the people that are pulling the strings of one Mr. Robinette know that the migrants from third world countries, these poor people that need a bit of compassion, <laughs> these, these, these damaged souls, as long as you give them a little cheese, and as long as you give them a little ham, and as long as you give them a little handout, they've never had the freedom to which Americans have become accustomed. Therefore, they will be more subservient, obedient, and follow the rules. And then when Kumala speaks, they will obey. It's about replacing you, the average American citizen. You with your notions of freedom and independence. And not relying on the government handouts for your daily bread. Who do you think you are? So let's get back to this. Because I could, I could go on for the next hour. But there's a lot to get into. We're going to get into uh, the big giant sort of problem that the Southern Baptist Convention has uh, regarding perverts. Um, they, they, they're calling it a crisis of sexual abuse. This is happening in church. So, again, the, the, the rising phoenix folks, you know, take a breath. Go outside, enjoy the sun. Vitamin D is healthy for you. If the church is laden down with sin, if the church is corrupt and perverted, if the church does not seek after righteousness and holiness, if the church doesn't preach repentance, are we, are, are we still banging the rising phoenix drum? We still there? Now, I, I'm going to get back to the article. I, I, I didn't lose my train of thought, but I did remember something. And I was going to tell you about this at the beginning of the program, just in case I chased away, you know, a, a few Baptists or, I don't know, Beth Moore fans. But if I did, you probably wouldn't have come anyway. So it is a moot point. No, it's not a mute point. It's a moot point. I know. I'm a stickler for the English language. Go figure. I'm an immigrant. So, uh, July the 23rd through the 25th, the year of our Lord 2021, you can't tell me you have plans because nobody does. We're just waiting to see if we're supposed to go back into our hovels again. We're just waiting to see if we're supposed to, you know, burrow ourselves into the ground and cover ourselves in saran wrap and just suffocate to death quietly. Because uh, they're, not, they're not stopping the pumping of fear. You, you've noticed this, right? I mean, even here in Wisconsin, they, they had, like, countless mass mandates. Oh, my goodness, you're going to die. I'm going to die. We all going to die. I, I, very rarely do I still see people wearing masks, even in the stores, outside, not even an inkling. 
because people are sick of it. They're done with it. It's been over a year. Let it go. But no, Dr. Fauci will never let it go. Now, if he gets brought up on charges, then I still have a little faith in the justice system. Uh, We talked about it last week. Now, July 23rd through the 25th. Uh, I, along with a handful of others, uh, men, some of whom I know and respect, others, no clue who they are, uh, but there will be a conference. It is called the Go Therefore Conference, and uh, it's uh, sponsored by the Transforming Word Ministry. Uh, I will be speaking there, so will uh, Dr. Michael Lake, uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding. I know... I'm like, one of, one, of a, one of three people that doesn't have doctor in front of his name. Uh, I, I, I feel as though I shall be among giants. Uh, and that's okay, because I love to learn just as much as I love to teach. So uh, lots of doctors. Uh, Dr. John Diamond, Dr. Carl Gallups, uh, Dr. Jennifer Rivera. Who knew? I don't know. Never met her. Maybe she's a lovely lady. Probably is. But a lot of doctors, so uh, come, come uh, you know, expecting wisdom to be poured forth at such a level that, that you will likely risk drowning. Uh, but uh, all, all, all ha-ha aside, uh, I know Dr. Mike Spaulding. He's the one that's putting it on. Uh, good brother, great teacher. Uh, I've even listened to some of his teachings throughout the years. I met him at another conference, and we just kind of clicked. This is going to be happening in Brookville, Ohio. If uh, you've never been to Brookville, Ohio, then it's it's a tourist destination. Let me just put it that way. Uh, it's, 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 It's a glorious place akin to Fiji. No, it's just a town in Ohio, but the conference is there. So uh, July 23rd through the 25th uh, at the Harvest Revival Center. Uh, The address is uh, 1488 Johnsville, Brookville Road in Brookville, Ohio. You know it's an important place when the street name is the same as the name of the town. This is it. This is going to be the epicenter of Brookville. So... July 23rd through the 25th, uh, I'm going to give you guys a phone number. Now, I know, I know. Why are they charging for tickets? Because there's overhead. It's not a lot. It's what, $5,900? Oh, I I thought it was $5,900. It's $59. Tickets are $59. That's a Chick-fil-A run. So let's not start with, oh, you're making merchandise. No, they need to cover. They need to cover the hall. They need to cover certain things. And for 59 bucks, look at this. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on my fingers how many doctors you're going to get to listen to for 59 bucks. It's like $1.50 a doctor. It's ridiculous. I'll be there. Uh, I, I, I may showcase my private jet and take you on a tour. Uh, actually, I'm probably going to drive a rental up because uh, the, the jet has a flat tire. Ha ha. No, this, these are good brothers. I, I, I know a lot of the names that are going to be there. Uh, I've, I've met them throughout the years. They're good, solid brothers. And, and the conference is focused on, I think, what the plan is going forward. Uh, this, is, this is why I'm, I'm promoting it. This is why I agreed to speak at it, because it's what the plan is for the body of Christ going forward. We're not supposed to sit on our laurels. We're not supposed to just take a break, take a breather, wait for Trump on a unicorn with an M16. We're supposed to work while it's day. I, 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 it, it dovetails well into what we talked about last week and the week prior. We're supposed to be active for the kingdom of God. So if you want a roadmap for the future, uh, as far as what you are personally responsible for, uh, it's, it's a good conference to go to. Like I said, so many doctors. It's, 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 it's just a plethora of wisdom. It's an embarrassment of riches. Uh, 
Some of you may know the name, Coach Dave. He's going to be there. I like Coach Dave. Some people think he's a little salty. I love him. He reminds me of my grandpa. Um, so, yeah, July 23rd through the 25th, 2021. Tickets are $59. I thought that was a misprint. Um, the phone number where you can get tickets, if they're still available, I don't know, uh, is 937-687-1525. So uh, come out, enjoy the conference. We'll hobnob, we'll uh, tete-a-tete, if you will. Uh, and uh, just, you know, if, if my private security, uh, like, pushes you back, just go, hey, I listened to the program, and, and they'll let you through. I kid. I have no private security. So, you know, if somebody really hates me, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll spot the Beth Moore fan that shows up wanting to stab me in the stomach because, you know, they're of a certain stature, build, and hair color. Uh, so I, 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 I do okay protecting myself. But, again, uh, July 23rd through the 25th, 2021, Tickets, 59 bucks. It will be in Brookville, Ohio. Uh, I've, I've heard rumors that this is like the next Branson, Missouri. So uh, you've you got to come and see Brookville. Get a little wisdom. Get a little knowledge. Know what you're supposed to be doing. Don't just sit there. Go there for a conference. So... That was my spiel. No, I don't get any kickback if you buy a ticket. So uh, there's, there's no, uh, for a special discount, enter Mike or some ridiculous thing. No, look, it's going to be bare bones. This is, this is the cost of overhead. I'm sure that, uh, you know, Harvest Revival Center is probably going to kick in a little. I'm, I'm doing it... Um, you know, out of the goodness of my heart, because my heart is so good. But it's, uh, it's a worthwhile event. What else are you going to do July 23rd through the 25th? Let me take a sip, and let's get back to our uh, vice president who went to reach across the aisle, who went to make peace with the Guatemalans, the Mexicans, and everyone else. Uh, phone number again, 937-687-1525 for tickets. So... Kamala Harris takes no responsibility whatsoever for the crisis on the southern border and instead says to the people that she went to woo uh, that it was their fault. I want to be very clear that the problem at the border in large part, if not entirely, stems from the problems in these countries said one Madam Kumala Harris. So basically, the leaders of these countries invite Kumala Harris because they realize that they have to, you know, not turn off the spigot, but turn it down a little bit because uh, even uh, uber-liberal, compassionate people are going, what's happening? We just had 15,000 people show up in our town of 5,000. We, we can't, what, we, what do we do? So they don't want to turn off the spigot. They just want to, you know, temper it a little bit. And so she goes uh, to the leaders of these countries and basically says, uh, you know what? You did it. It's your fault. Shame on you. Because me and Joe, me and Joe, we're brilliant. Like I said, if you thought Joe was bad, well, Kamala always uh, attempts to outshine, as it were. <sighs> so, I want to be very clear that the problem at the border in large part, if not entirely, stems from the problems in these countries. Harris declared during a joint press conference with Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. I cannot say it enough. Most people don't want to leave home. Well, again, we need to pause. 
Most people don't want to leave home unless they get word that if they leave home, they will be welcomed with open arms to none other than the United States of America and not only be given a stipend, be given money immediately, they will be well on their way to becoming puro Americanos. Now, they look at the little hovels they live in. They wipe the chicken feces off their feet. They take a little extra toilet paper, which is basically newspaper shredded up to the outhouse. And they think to themselves, it cannot be any worse in America. At least they give me the free monies. So to blame the Mexicans and the Guatemalans for the fact that you bullhorned ever since you came into office the fact that America is open, our arms are open, we're going to embrace you and give you money. The fact that your administration has been doing that for the last four months, that had nothing to do with it. Sure, blame the Mexican. Nobody wants to leave home. Believe me, a lot of people want to leave home. Because whether you liked it or not, when one orange-haired individual said that a lot of countries are assholes, guess what? He was right. I'm sorry. I know. It's offensive. Why was he so offensive? He was honest. I've been to some of those countries. Believe me, it's an understatement to call it a feces hole. Between the crime, the poverty, the no running water, the no electricity, no indoor plumbing, the man was completely correct. These countries are, for lack of a better term, really, really bad. And then you have the new administration trumpeting the fact that, hey, all you need to do is make the trek. All you need to do is venga America. And we're going to take care of you. And we're going to take care of your kids. And we're going to take care of your abuela. And we're going to take care of everybody. Because, hey, the American taxpayer is just that compassionate. Her comments came after the Mexican president, commonly known as AMLO, and his counterparts from El Salvador and Guatemala, accused the Biden administration's overwhelmingly welcoming policies of incentivizing Central Americans to leave their home country. Well, well, well. Look at that. The El Salvadorans, the Mexicans, and the Guatemalans are pushing back. That's okay. Kamala, she's a warrior princess. Kamala knows international relations like she knew Willie Brown's nether regions. No. She's in a way over her head. And what do you do when you're way over your head? You lash out. You blame others. Is what Kamala Harris did. After meeting Guatemalan President Alejandro Giamate Monday during her first foreign trip as VP, wow, if this was the first, probably going to be her last, because let's face it, eh, no es bueno, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, um, me scusi, culpa, I'm sorry, is no bueno. Um, but yeah, okay, so her comments came after the Mexican president, commonly known as AMLO, and his counterparts from El Salvador and Guatemala accused the Biden administration's overwhelmingly welcoming policy of incentivizing Central Americans to leave their home country. 
After meeting Guatemalan President Alexandro Giamate Monday during her first foreign trip as VP, Harris met AMLO in Mexico City Tuesday to discuss immigration policy. Harris told reporters that to tackle the border problem, the United States must go beyond addressing the root causes, driving people from the Central American Northern Triangle countries of El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, the primary source of the migrant surge. We also must, of course, tackle the issues that are inherent in the situation at the border, Harris continued, adding that the Biden administration must also address what we must do to strengthen legal pathways for people to enter the United States. Really? Uh, You could just, you know, adopt the previous administration's policies. That brought the inflow down to almost nothing. But no, we have to address systemic root causes, all, all these Fancy words that mean nothing. All these fancy words that they use to bludgeon you over the head repeatedly. So let's continue with this. I want to finish. President Joe Biden has asked Harris. (laughs) I like that he keeps tasking Harris with, with, with doing things that are way above her level of competence. President Joe Biden has tasked Harris with leading the White House response to the border crisis and engaging in diplomatic efforts with the Northern Triangle countries to address the main drivers of immigration. However, Harris has chosen to solely focus on dealing with, quote-unquote, the root causes of migration in Central America, believing that being linked to the border crisis could be politically harmful to her chances of becoming president. So, let me dispel this right now. Unless Joe Robinette Biden kills over, unless he uh, goes muerte in the office, Kamala Harris will never be elected president of these United States. In a free and fair election, Kamala Harris would never be elected. Look, during the run-up, remember when they were having their primaries? It's the first one out. She is an unlikable creature. Not only is she unlikable, she's incompetent. Not only is she incompetent, the only way for her to rise politically was to make tender, tender love to Willie Brown, a man 40 years her senior. So let's stop with the big, strong, powerful woman. Look at me. She's not even African. She's Indian and Jamaican. Stop. Big, powerful woman. She's going to teach them all. Go, Kamala. Well, Kamala just stepped in it. First outing. And it's only get better from here, senor. It's only get better from here. The Latin American leader to most recently blame the Biden administration for the border crisis is Giamate. During an interview with CBS News, face the nation, please. It's not news anymore. It's all a farce. It's a big, giant propaganda lie, and even they can't keep it together anymore. They planned for this administration to be kind of bad. They didn't realize just how bad it was going to get. And we're, how, how, how long in are we? Four months in? Four months in. And the propagandists can't cover for them anymore. Do you understand this? The people that are responsible for keeping you asleep as an American citizen, the people that are responsible for pointing over here while the dirty things are being done over here, they cannot keep it together anymore. And it's only been four months. 
During an interview with CBS News Face the Nation that aired Sunday, the Guatemalan leader said the Biden administration's promise to reunite migrant families and children with their relatives in America is incentivizing Central Americans to head to the U.S. Well, well, looky, looky, huh? The man speaks truth. The reason Guatemalans are leaving Guatemala is because they were promised stuff. They were promised that they can bring the rest of their family over. And let's be honest. If you could see, you know, indoor plumbing and even get some money for it, wouldn't you make the trek AMLO and Gia Matei blamed President Biden's lenient border security policies for the surge before more than once. So uh, how long before uh, this administration starts calling them uppity Mexicans? Huh? You have to understand that, that, that guys like, like AMLO and Gia Matei, they love their countries. They realize that, you know, even though temporarily it's a good thing that the people that can't succeed in their countries are flocking to America and maybe sending off, you know, sending back a few dollars every month. It's only a short-term fix. Because their countries aren't going to get any better as long as somebody across the border is promising free stuff and family reunification. The Mexican president's administration has gone a step further, saying President Biden's haste to undo his predecessor's border security and immigration enforcement measures are at fault of the humanitarian, are the fault of the humanitarian crisis unfolding at the U.S. border. In May, the Washington Post reported Mexican officials, including Foreign Minister Marcelo Ebrard, have been privately frustrated with Biden's rapid-fire rollback of Trump policies, according to current and former U.S. and Mexican officials, because Mexico thought Biden's moves incentivized migration in the short term, while his proposed solutions consisted of long-term measures that would take years to make a difference. So, that was uh, Vice President Kamala Harris's first outing internationally. Uh, how long before the American people get fed up? How long before the American people say enough is enough? Because I tell you this, by the time next year rolls around, And inflation is not only at an all-time high, but you start seeing what your taxes are going to be come next year. There is going to be a lot of very, very unhappy people in this country. So their goal right now, the only thing driving them right now is to amass enough power and control that by the time next year rolls around, it doesn't matter if you're dissatisfied. It doesn't matter if you're unhappy. It doesn't matter if you feel as though you're a slave in your own country. This is why they're trying to rush through all these new laws and and packages and everything. And, 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 And the only person standing in the way of all of this is Eddie Munster. That should scare you. There's one holdout in the Democrats' side, and that's Eddie Munster. And he's like, nope, not going to vote for it. Too much division for now. Guarantee you his family is getting death threats because these people have a plan. And once they have a plan, they work the plan. Now, I don't – I can't just give you bad news all the time because that makes me sad. I need you to have a little – optimism, if you will. I need you to look beyond tomorrow and say, hey, 
it may be nice. Because, what was it, six months, a year ago, I remember I did a whole program on the notion of pendulum swings. The pendulum eventually has to swing the other way. And right now we're beginning to see a bit of a pushback. Judge orders Christian teacher who opposes trans pronouns be reinstated by school district. Now, I know you're wondering, but is it a college? Is it a high school, perhaps? Is it a trade school? No, elementary in Virginia. A judge has ordered a Virginia school district to reinstate an elementary school teacher who was placed on leave after criticizing a proposed policy that would require him and other teachers to use the preferred names and pronouns of trans-identified students. Again, I will reiterate something I've said repeatedly over the weeks and months. There will come a point where hunger will resolve a lot of this lunacy. Because once your tummy starts a broiling, once it starts to gurgle, gurgle, once you've got nothing to eat, once you can't afford to, the, to go to the store because you can't afford to put gas in your car, never mind go buy some Pop-Tarts, a lot of this lunacy is, is going to bake off. The whole trans movement is going to have a, 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 a very quick and violent end when people start going hungry. But for now, this is a sign of hope that a judge has ordered a Virginia school district reinstate an elementary school teacher who was placed on leave after criticizing a proposed policy that would require him and other teachers to use the preferred names and pronouns of trans-identified students. Byron Tanner Cross, a physical education teacher, or as the kids like to say, a PE teacher, at Leesburg Elementary School, was put on administrative leave not long after he expressed his opposition to the proposed pronoun policy at a London County School Board meeting in May. In an order released Tuesday, Judge James E. Plowman of the 20th Judicial Circuit of Virginia granted Cross request for a temporary injunction against the school board's decision to place him on leave, which will expire in December. Plowman wrote that putting Cross on leave was extreme and an unconstitutional action, since the teacher's words, even if controversial, were nevertheless permissible. Well, there you go. Finally, a judge that's not an activist. Who'd have thunk it? Here, it was clear that the plaintiff was speaking as a citizen, not in his official capacity. His speech was not conducted at his usual place of employment, occurred during non-working hours and at a forum where public comment was invited. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but there have been concerted efforts to attempt and destroy anyone who disagrees with the narrative. There have been concerted efforts Attempting to destroy anyone that doesn't go along with this lunacy. And the only thing that we can do is to stand our ground. Look, giving in is not an option. Because the more you give, the more they'll take. This is the way it goes. It will always go this way. The more you give, the more they'll take. Because they don't want consensus. They, they, they don't want some sort of civil understanding where, okay, you do your thing over there, we'll do our thing over here. They want acceptance, they want validation, and they want celebration. 
And if you're unwilling to do that, then you are the enemy. If you're unwilling to stand up there and wave a rainbow flag and watch grown men and chaps lead each other by dog collars down the street, if you don't stand there, look, baby girl, look how beautiful love is. If you're unwilling to do that, then you are their enemy, and they want your destruction. It's as simple as that. Don't get it twisted. But that said, I, I don't know if enough of the church has enough of a backbone to stand up against the pressure. And the thing that astounds me is that right now, there's no physical persecution to be had. No one's torturing you. No one's putting you in prison. It's a bunch of pink-haired, septum-pierced lunatics screaming at the top of their lungs. And the church is backing down. And the church isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Imagine when persecution does start, because it will. I wanted to get into this as well, because it's relevant, and because you need to understand the state of the church in order to appreciate how difficult the whole whole notion of the rising phoenix is will be to accomplish. SBC leaders mishandled crisis of sexual abuse, Russell Moore claims in second leaked letter. Southern Baptist Convention leaders mishandled a crisis of sexual abuse in the denomination through methods such as intimidating whistleblowers into silence and exonerating churches with credible allegations of negligence of sexual abuse victims, according to Russell Moore, the former leader of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. In a May 31st letter to outgoing SBC President J.D. Greer, which comes in the wake of an earlier letter in which he exposed what he called gutter-level racism in the denomination, Moore refers specifically to the crisis of sexual abuse as it relates to the SBC Executive Committee. So just sweep it under the rug. Nothing to see here. How are we different than the Catholic Church? But I know the Catholic Church is, is guilty of pedophilia. They're abusing boys and girls. But beyond that, if the Southern Baptist Convention sweeps it under the rug in like manner that the Catholic Church tried to do, How are we different from them? It's a good question, isn't it? So this is what was in the letter. You know well the obstacles that both you and I faced from figures within the executive committee in merely raising questions about sexual abuse, questions compellingly raised by the Houston Chronicle, among others. You and I both, in seeking to address this issue with the full authorization both in terms of entity ministry assignment and direct vote by the messengers to the SBC annual meeting, faced one stonewall after another by leaders within the SBC executive committee. Moore wrote to Greer. Simply speaking to the press, or in your case, reading off the names of churches already identified in the Houston Chronicle reporting by Rob Downen, not in your case as indictment, but merely as warranting an examination, resulted in backroom and hallway threats of retribution and intimidation. These included possible attempts to censure you to investigations and defunding and all the rest. You and I both heard in closed-door meetings sexual abuse survivors spoken of in terms of Potiphar's wife, and other suspicious biblical analogies. The conversations in these closed-door meetings were far worse than anything 
Southern Baptists knew, or the outside world could report. And as you know, this comes on the heels of a track record of the executive committee staff and others referring to victims as crazy, and at least in one case, as worse than the sexual predators themselves. Again, if the powers that be in the Southern Baptist Convention are trying to sweep all of this under the rug with such enthusiasm and aplomb makes them different from the Catholic Church. Because, see, we, 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 we look at the Catholic Church as what not to do, what not to be, as the bad guys. Well... How is sweeping sexual abuse under the rug by the Baptist church any different than sweeping sexual abuse under the rug by the Catholic church? You see, it's about a heart issue. It's about people playing at being servants of Christ and not truly being servants of Christ. Because when you play at being a servant of Christ, well, you're just imitating something. But when you are a true servant of Christ, you lay aside your old self. You lay aside the old man. You pursue righteousness. You pursue holiness. You pursue obedience. And you pursue these things for the love of Christ, not because somebody's watching. I've said this before, and I'm going to repeat it because it's important. If we hope to see change in this nation, the change must begin with the church. We need to clean house, for lack of a better term. Ran across this this morning. Pastor accused of touching at least 21 girls sues megachurch for defamation in $3.1 million lawsuit. This ought not to be among the children of God. This ought not to be within the household of faith. Yet, it is. We're seeing it. Accused of touching 21 girls. And he's the one suing the church for defamation. Look, we have a long way to go before we see sunlight. We need to understand this because far too many are considering the enemy's devices as being inferior. The devil knows what he's doing. He's attempting to weaken the body of Christ to the point that the body of Christ can no longer put up a fight. You have churches in various denominations abandoning truth altogether. Churches opening up their sanctuaries to drag queen storybook hour. Churches encouraging their members to go and march in pride parades and solidarity still sin. The definition of sin doesn't change from year to year. The definition of sin doesn't change on whether or not it is more widely accepted today than it was 10 years ago. 
Sin is still sin. And God judges sin. He judges sin within a nation. He judges sin within the church. And he judges sin within your heart. So, what do you think the future holds for this nation? This brazen, unrepentant nation? That's the question you have to ask. What do you think the future holds for a nation that rejects repentance, that rejects righteousness, and that rejects holiness? Is it rising phoenixes? I'm a bit skeptical. So with that, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us. We will be with you again next week, Lord willing. Until then, may God bless you. May God keep you. And Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Yeah, Mike, I read Revelation 18. I think it sums it up. Uh, Revelation 18 says, you know, after these things, I saw an angel come down from heaven, have a great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon, the greatest fallen is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. That sums up America. And we're a modern Sodom and Gomorrah. And like Mike said, even people who claim Christianity kill babies without a second thought. Governor Northam in Virginia for infanticide. You know, just of recent news, Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC, came out and actually tweeted in support of Gay Pride Month, which is absolutely reprehensible. We don't have a backbone. We don't stand for the faith like we should. Power at the wicked instead of defending God. And this is terrible because I looked online. The Baptist Church has 700 sexual assault cases that they want to, and you know what? That is absolutely anathema to God. You know, they were so quick to write things against the Catholic Church, including their leadership. And by the way, this is the church that says that if you speak in tongues, you can't be a missionary for them. Yeah, Southern Baptist theology, which is not even a supporting biblical theology. You know, I'm with Mike. Sin is uh, in the church. It's causing the degradation of the church. And God will judge the sin. And that's why I would urge you, get the warnings out. Read the Through the Fire book. Get the Wake Up America video. And blow a trumpet. Be an Ezekiel 33 watchman. You know, when you see what? The sword come. You what? Warn. And you blow a trumpet. And you'd be a watchman on the wall. You'd be someone that's a mouthpiece that God can use to warn our country. And it, we're, we're headed for judgment, 100% sure of that. And we're headed for another terrorist attack, as Mike said many times in the last month. Also, we do believe something judgment will come over California. Mike saw a dream of a great earthquake over California. And our ministry doesn't back down, and we don't cower, and we don't cave at threat. We will proclaim God's warnings exactly as God gives them to us. So thank you for listening to the Light of Truth broadcast. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.